Good evening, everybody. How are we? It is awesome to worship together with you all. Awesome. Um, super glad to see you all tonight. Uh, I know we said it in the announcements, but fall retreat is this weekend. We will make room. So if that's something you're interested in doing, we will make room. It's not too late to do that. Um, we'll figure out. You may be in a corner somewhere sleeping, but we'll, we'll do it. Um, if, again, a financial, kind of financial piece is a problem, please talk to us because we want to make sure that that doesn't hold people back from doing that. Um, so over the last four weeks, uh, we have been, we started out with Block Party on the first, first week, but over the last four weeks, what we've been doing is walking through like what the like big C church just aspects of that, like what it looks like to be a part of the church. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, the, what it looks like to be the people of God across the globe and like what, what that over history has looked like. Um, we've looked at how a mark of those in the church is that Christ has redeemed us. These things that we've sang about tonight, like Jesus has saved us from our sin. He has brought us into this place of new life risen again in that. That's something that Jesus has done. He set us free from sin. Sin, to, sin is a bondage, but Jesus is the liberator. He talks about how we're slaves to sin, but he frees us from that. Um, those that have been liberated from sin by the blood of Jesus make up the church. Um, that's, that's who we are. Um, we looked at Ephesians 4. Hannah walked us through that, and how within the church there's both unity and diversity, and how there's this place for the people of God to serve, to build up, to do all these things, to be, to be gifted. Um, we're, we're talked, we talked about how like, we use our diverse giftings and skills to build up the body and, and, and grow and mature as we serve one another and do all these things, and how there is this, again, this place. She stated something that's really important to us at CSF, that like, you have a place here. That's so important for us to say. And then last week, you know, we had the traveling team join us, and they, they did their their typical program, but like that fit into this is this part of like what it means to be a part of the church is we have this call to, to mission. We have a call to like the great commission that Jesus talks about at the end of Matthew when he's like, you know, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything that I have commanded you. And I'm with you always till the end of the age. All, all that's part of what it looks like to be a part of the church. We have, we have not only like redemption in Jesus, we not only have a place of unity and community and diversity like within the body, but we have a mission that's like sent out into the world. All those things are pieces of that. Um, so that's what we've been talking about. The church has been set free by Jesus. It's bound in unity and grown in diversity of gifts, and it's sent into the world to tell the good news. And these are beautiful things, but I, I want to be transparent. That stuff's not always easy. It's not always easy. Sometimes faith is very, very hard. It just is. And, and I, I know you've experienced that. Sometimes those things that I just talked about are hard to see, whether like out as we look at the Big C Church um, or our local church or as we look into ourselves as followers of Jesus. Sometimes it's like, it's hard. Sometimes I don't feel very free or very unified or very motivated. Um, sometimes I feel like my gifts aren't worth that much, or maybe I'm like just not doing a very good job of making use of them. 
Um, sometimes I feel like I'm in just like a tiring slog of life and don't have the mind for it. Like, I'm just being honest with you all. There are, there are moments of that. Um, so for several years, some, some buddies of mine that are in campus ministry and I did hiking trips uh, out to Colorado and we did a bunch of 14ers over the course of a, several years. And one of the last peaks that I did um, was called Kit Carson. Anyone heard of that mountain before Kit Carson? The people I've talked to about it before <laughs> have heard about it. Um, so uh, the first part of the hike was awesome, but it was like we parked a car, threw our stuff on. We knew we were camping about halfway up the mountain, and it was, it was this like essentially like a six-mile like leisurely walk up a 30-degree angle for like hours, you know, kind of thing. Um, and it's, it was tough, but we, we got to our spot. We got to one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in the entire world. It's called Willow Lake that's down between these mountains. We, we slept the night there got up really early in the morning, and very quickly, like within five minutes of the next day, I understood that I had been like lulled into a sense of security by this mountain about how like easy it had been as we went into like basically like a 60 degree angle that was just like a scree slope for the next like six hours. Um, There's this picture, the picture there, that's like almost at the top of it looking down on Willow Lake. And one of the things that I experienced on this, um, and I've written here, I want to be sure to say, it's not technical, but it was terrible, okay? Like, it wasn't hard climbing, it just sucked, okay? And um, a thing I experienced, I got home and I, like, chucked my boots because I realized, like, I have, I didn't have enough um, sole, like, on my boots. I would go up 10 feet and slide back three feet. I'd go up 10 feet and slide back three feet, and it was this just, like, slog up the mountain up this rock field, um, and it was it was so hard. My muscles were screaming. My breath was short, and even though I I had hiked other 14ers, it was like the sixth one that I had done, it just made me want to sit down and quit. I was just like done with that. Um, again, that's about two thirds of the way up, but uh, and that is a Hello Kitty sticker. <laughs> uh, my daughter Violet, who's like 12 now. I don't know how old she was then, but she was like, I, you need this, and like stuck it on my helmet. I'm like, ah, I'm going to be so uncool, but it's awesome. So, um, so yeah, that is there. Um, the spoiler is I got to the top, okay? I did, I did get to the top, and it was amazing. And the thing about somebody in a mountain, in my experience, is that no matter how rough the ascent is, no matter how difficult, no matter how many times I wanted to just like sit down and give up in the midst of that, the view was worth it in the end. If you've ever experienced things like that, that are like, this was terrible in the process, but beautiful in the end, like, you know what I'm talking about. The payoff far exceeded the toil that made it happen. But when I was in it, it was hard to remember that. It was like, I'm just tired and sweaty and out of breath because I'm from the Midwest and all these things. And it was like really, really difficult but there were some specific things that kept me moving in that that I think can translate to our day-to-day faith, that moment, going back to the moment of faith is hard sometimes, or a lot of times. I think there's some things that can translate from this. Um, one was the hope of the beauty of the summit. Um, I had seen pictures of the top of Kit Carson. I'd been up other peaks. I could hold on to the fact that it was going to be beautiful and that the sense of accomplishment was going to be strong in that. That was something I held on to as I'm like, this is terrible. Um, There were beautiful moments within the struggle. 
Um, I remember even in the really painful parts, uh, pretty shortly before this picture, um, I was watching, we're going up the mountain and the sun was rising directly behind us. And the sunrise is kind of funky in the mountains because there's mountains. And um, so I'm seeing like the top of the mountain get bright and the sun creeping and I'm like, you know, I'm seeing it come down. And there was this moment where it like met us and we all were like, all right, hold on. Whoa, you know, like the sun is coming up over these peaks. There's just like a moment of like, this is beauty. This is amazing. And like, I hurt so bad, but this is this beauty of God that is coming up right now. Having my friends with me was another thing, the encouragement of that. These were close friends. We've been through a lot together. These were trips that were about like building into each other and talking about real things as well as doing some fun stuff together. And having them with me encouraging and being encouraged was a huge thing. There's, there's a quote by William Blake who says, um, great things are done when men and mountains meet. It can be women too, okay. But like great things are done when people come together in these hard, difficult things. And I, I've noticed that to be true. It doesn't have to be mountains, literally. There could be the metaphorical mountain. But when people come together and do difficult things, like great things happen, um, when I wasn't feeling it, or maybe one of my buddies wasn't feeling it, we had each other to be like, all right, come on, man. You know, it's like the encouragement, or maybe sometimes the like, like, all right, wimp. You know, like get up, you know, kind of thing. Whatever that is, whether it's like uh, uh, rebuke or challenge or like, or just the encouragement of the whole thing, we were around each other, driving each other forward with that. The other thing was, the final thing was like knowing that other people had done this was a huge part for me. And I, I think I've talked about this before to some of you at least, but there, there are situations in my life where I'm like, this is, this is hard, and I don't know about this, but I do know that people have done this before, and that gives me hope that I can do this also. And that, that was a big part of this in the midst of those really difficult things. It's like we can move forward because of this. It was freeing and challenging to know that. So even more than the climb of the mountain, though, and the beauty of the peak, I believe that Jesus is worth the effort. All these things that we sang tonight about his goodness and he's worthy of the hallelujah, we have nothing else to give him but that, this praise, he is worth the struggle. He's worth the difficulty of day-to-day faith. He is worthy of that. And along those lines also, there's this aspect for me as I am looking at all of you of just knowing that God has like huge things for all of you, that he, he wants to move the world through all of you. Like there is so much potential here and he is so worthy of that, of not giving up in faith, not giving up. I'm convinced there's nothing and no one more deserving of not giving up through the struggle than Jesus. I sang Amazing Grace a lot and as I was growing up. I don't know if that's a familiar a song to you all, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace, grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord's promise good to me, his word my hope secures, he will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. So how do we keep moving forward after Jesus as life throws all these things at us? Any number of things you can come to mind, I'm sure, the difficulties that come at you on the daily, like they are coming at you. How do we hold on to Jesus in those things? And I think we can learn 
about those same things that kept me going up the mountain and translate them over to the faith walk. We can know that Jesus has gone before us. He has gone before us. We can encourage and be encouraged within community. We can be attentive to the beauty within the struggle, and we can hope for the beauty of the restoration that Jesus is going to one day bring. Like all of those things translate to our walk of faith. Um, Eugene Peterson wrote a book um, called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, and highly recommend it. It's, it's about this like walk of faith and not giving up and like literally this long obedience towards Jesus um, through our lives. But he quotes, uh, he quotes um, Nietzsche at the beginning, and it, it comes to this idea that I think is worth sharing when we think about not giving up. Um, Nietzsche says, the essential thing, quote, in heaven and earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction there thereby results and has always resulted in the long run of something which has made life worth living. Jesus is so worth living for, and that long obedience after him is so worth going through. It's rooted in a worthwhile life lived here and now, and it points to a worthwhile eternal life with Jesus in the future. So let's break these helps down a bit. Um, John sixteen thirty three. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus is very straightforward. The Bible is very straightforward that it is not pie in the sky. It's not like, oh, I'm suddenly a follower of Jesus, so nothing bad ever happens to me ever again. It's actually quite the opposite. Jesus is like, you're going to have problems. Sorry. But, but... He's the king of it all. He's conquered it all. He, he's overcome all of it. He's straightforward about that. He, we will have trouble. We know this. We've experienced this. The trouble and trials and difficulties of life, though, are a given. They are given, but the question is, who are we going to trust in in the midst of them? Jesus tells us troubles will come, but he also says that he's overcome the world. He's the master, and he welcomes us to be encouraged as we follow him. So we're empowered to not give up by, one, knowing that Jesus has gone before us. We're empowered by knowing that Jesus has gone on before us. He's done it. It's finished. He has overcome the world. Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest who is an, unable to empathize with us in our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus has experienced it. He's, and you're like, you may be like, he has not experienced what I... It, in some form or fashion, Jesus understands he came in the flesh and experienced all of these things that we, we deal with on a daily basis. Jesus led the way forward for us. He understands our pain, our troubles, our wounds. He is not aloof he is not some far-off God that just sits out there and doesn't interact with us. God came in the flesh in the form of Jesus. He came near and went before us. So we can remember that Jesus has done that. We can also encourage and be encouraged within community. Um, Jacob hit on this um, tonight. We had some time of prayer that was part of that was revolved around that and bringing up the things about like, you know, the cord of three strands is not easily broken and how, like, community is so important. On the hike up the mountain, a huge part of what kept me going 
again, was like the great work, man, you know, or the keep it up, or we can do this, or, you know, all those things that were being thrown around. The life of faith looks much the same. It looks much the same as in a group like this, we encourage each other. It's the beauty of community. Uh, in, in different groups that we may be in of faith, we encourage each other. We do that um, daily. Uh, Paul is often talking about like how, how can we build up the body? How can we build up each other with our gifts and our talents and our, our skills? The writer of Hebrews tells us about all these heroes of faith. In here, Hebrews 11, if you ever read that, it's like, by faith... Abraham, by faith, Rahab, by faith, all, all those things. And you, you read about kind of this short list of the Old Testament about like how people lived out these lives of faith. But then in Hebrews 12, there's a statement of therefore, therefore, looking back at those people, therefore, because of all this, because of all these people, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. The great cloud of witnesses around us, whether it's like looking back at Hebrews 11 about these people who held on to God during hard times, or whether it's looking at maybe people from your history, where it's like, uh, you know, like my uncle is this huge, like, like faith, like model for me, or maybe a parent or a, an older sibling, or maybe just like a friend, like whatever that is, people you've seen go before you and seen them go through things. Um, those are, those are people that are the great cloud of witnesses around us. This group can be that great cloud of witnesses for each other as we spur each other on to love and good things. The great cloud of witnesses. They encourage us, um, and we're, we're encouraged and challenged and even rebuked within this community, within community in general, Christian community. We have a call to urge each other on in faith. Jesus sends out his followers to do ministry in the Gospels, and he knows what he's doing, if he didn't know that, like Jesus, you know, kind of thing. But he sends these people out two by two, He's not like, you know, okay, um, Chloe, you're on your own, go. You know, he's not, Nikkel, you're out of here, on your own, go do this thing. Like, that's not how Jesus functions even in that moment. He, he grabs these people and he's like, Andrew, Eric, you guys got northern Israel, okay? It's you. Um, and, and they send these people out together in community so that they can challenge each other so they can encourage each other so they can work together. And we see that on a larger scale within the community of faith. A huge part of not giving up and standing firm in our faith is about having people who will help you on. So important. All right. Beautiful moments within the struggle. It's the third part. We talked about that on the mountain. And I want to be sensitive to this because when we're in the midst of tough stuff, that's not really the time to like be like, uh, just buck up. You'll find some, like, beauty. You know, that, that's not, please don't do that to anybody ever. I, I'm going to give you a PSA. Please don't do that. Um, that's not the time. Just listen, okay? Um, but um, that is a thing, like, when we're outside of that, I think it's a thing maybe we can, can learn. Um, so I, I do want to be sensitive to that. But there are beautiful moments within the struggle, and I think a lot of times we can see those in hindsight as well. Um, 
James says, and we, we talked about this on a Sunday a while ago, but when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It's like, come on, James, really. But he, he calls, he's like, there's beauty in this. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. That was another thing Jacob brought up in prayer tonight was these, the pain and the struggle that there's like there's growth that happens within that, that even like that idea of like resistance training, you know, it's like we have to, our muscles have to face resistance in order to grow in that way. Um, James says that that's an opportunity for great joy to see those moments of beauty within struggle. If we let God move within that, he can make something new out of it. Um, when I was growing up, um, I know I mentioned a song already, but when I was growing up in my church, I w- we would sing a song called Count Your Blessings. Does anyone know Count Your Blessings? I see some, some head, head nods, yeah. Uh, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. I feel like we sing that like every Sunday, you know? <laughs> we had like five songs that we sang, but the, um, that's what it felt like, I should say. Um, but maybe for a reason that I like understood that and like that was a thing that stuck in my head. I often get down on life, um, a lot of you are new. I don't just want to be like a self-proclaimed pessimist, but you can talk to the people who have been around and ask. Um, that does come out in me. I get really down and like, it's like, oh, man, I'm dealing with this stuff and this, this broke and like, it's just not going my way. And I can fixate on those things. I think a lot of us can do that. Um, but are we saying like, okay, what's like the good stuff that's actually going on? Like, is this like just a squeaky wheel and God's doing like amazing stuff over here that I'm not paying attention to? Um, or is it like all bad? I don't think it probably is. So count your blessings. Dozens of great things could be happening in the midst of like a struggle. Um, and it, it changes my mindset to like actually stop and think about those things. And I just challenge you to do that too. Jesus says in the gospel in Matthew 16, 18, the gates of hell will not overcome it, the church. The gates of hell will not overcome it. We will not be overcome by our circumstances. The last thing, the hope for the beauty of the restoration that Jesus will one day bring. This is the peak. This is the summit. The hope that Jesus will return, the hope that he's going to restore all things, that we get to be with him. Um, pain and suffering and tears are wiped away. That's a hope that we have as followers of Christ, as the church. Um, And just like my hope during the struggle up the mountain was the view from the top, one of the driving factors of our faithful endurance to this like long obedience in the same direction that I talked about earlier, it's that we get to be with our Lord. We get to be with him. Um, One day we will see him, we'll be fully with him, we'll see him renew all things. Peter writes in 1 Peter 1, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, the greater of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. There's beauty in the endurance through tough points of faith, but there's also hope for what's to come. There's beauty in those moments, but also hope for the future. 
And my, my encouragement is simple. It's to stand firm. The title is this, Don't Give Up. To not, to not give up in your faith. To stand firm. Um, remember that Jesus has gone before us. Remember we do faith within community. Remember there is beauty within the struggle. Remembering that there is hope for the beauty of the restoration that Jesus will bring. Remembering those things in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of the hard stuff. I'm going to check some scriptures here at the end. Uh, Matthew 24, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. James 1.12, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And then looking at Revelation 2.10, be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. There's this like, call throughout scripture that the new testament particularly of this like stand firm in me is what jesus is saying stand firm it's worth it stand firm till the end we can stand firm because god stands firm for us we can stick to it because god sticks to us he's the one foundation he's the framework he's our direction he's the fuel and the road he he's the one my prayer is that we would never give up following after Jesus, that we would never give up following after Jesus, and that we would each be an encouragement to each other as we walk that road. It's a quick clip here to think on. It was terrible. <laughs> it was so hard, so difficult, so worth it. Jesus is all the more worth it than that. Let's pray. Um, God, we love you. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you died for us, Jesus, and you call us into hope in you, and that's real. Um, I just pray over these students that you help us to stand, you help them to stand firm, you help us as a community, to stand firm in you, to hold fast to you. And if that's like, man, I don't even know how to like muddle through this, Lord, that you draw us into this like deeper place of following after you, that we would know you more, that we would experience you more, that we would have your, just an understanding of your presence in our lives more, that we would, we would just serve each other and encourage each other in all of these things, remembering the beauty in the moment and the beauty to come. So help us, help, help us as we talk um, to kind of dig through some of this stuff in groups. And Lord, we just love you. Thank you for being worthy of honor and glory and everything that we can give. Amen. We've got groups. Um, feel free to split to those.